0: Today on the breakdown, two time European Poker Tour champion Vicky Koren gets into it with Raul Mestre at the 2011 IFP final table. That's where they were giving out gold medals, silver medals, really cool stuff like the Olympics. Pretty sweet. We're going to break it all down right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs>
1: no hint of sarcasm in that opening when you're so excited about the gold and silver medals.
0: I mean, you know in the World Series where they call them now gold bracelets instead of just bracelets, and they mm. play the national anthem of whoever wins? Well, that's ridiculous. And they come up and give speeches? You won a game. Why are you giving a speech? I don't know. A card game. Why would you ever give a speech?
1: Well, it's I think... It's ridiculous. It's all... People are... The people in charge of these things, the World Series and the whatever this is, the IFP, I guess, are trying to bring pageantry to poker, the pageantry of sport. Yeah, I you guess know, it's not a bad idea. Make it not just a game for degenerates. Right. Uh, you know what? Good for them. You can you represent your country. You're a They're hero. Right. You're a hero. You bluff. You're a hero. They're right to do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. All right. So we should take back all the things yeah. we said. And this is our first Vicky Coren hand ever. Interestingly enough, she's played a lot of... Uh, TV time. Right. She talks a lot, too, like Daniel Negreanu, kind of. She's like British she re- Daniel Negreanu. She
0: really sort of is and has had a lot of success on the European Poker Tour, as She's I mentioned.
1: She's still the only two-time EPT champion? I feel like right? there's been
0: at least one other oh, since. Really? Yeah. Um, but she was the first. And, of course, these are in open EPT events only, not like super high rollers. But yeah. But it's really
1: impressive. to have won 2 Vicky Korn, got to have a lot of game. But we're not on the EPT. We're on the IFP. Which is a world championship, according to the IFP. Right, it's sort of like winning
0: the main event of the World Series of Poker.
1: You know who's the world champion of online poker? Nitrogen. Nitrogen Sports Poker oh, Room is the world champion of online poker, mostly because of their super fast withdrawals. I'm talking 10 to 25 minutes over here, people. How were they? What did they actually do to win the championship? They gave super fast withdrawals, <laughs> <laughs> and I awarded them the Grant Denison Championship of Online Poker. Very good. They also have some really nice, sleek software that is housed online. You don't have to download anything external, so it's really easy. You sign up. There's only two details when you sign up: yeah. name and password. That's all you got to put on there.
0: It's pretty cool, and because it lives on the internet rather than on your computer. You can play from your phone. You can play from a tablet. It's pretty sweet.
1: It's a good site, and if you use the link in the description of this podcast, you get access to Nitrogen Sports' exclusive Poker Guys free rolls and other paid tournaments, where the Poker Guys are going to be playing some of them. Yep. Yeah, and these, these tournaments are extra special just for you guys. Not just sort of special. They're extra special. They're extra special, just like Nitrogen's withdrawal times. Yes. 10 to 25 minutes. And their customer service. Yeah, they do have good. They really do. They have good support. They have excellent support. It's a good support. site. Highly right. recommend. Agreed. That's how you plug a site. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so this is uh, commentated by everybody's favorite Jesse May, by the way, this, oh, this IFP. So I got to believe the IFP didn't last much more than one year, if, if more than one year. Do you think it's
0: because Jesse May was commentating? I can't, that can't help. <laughs> no, it really got to drive down the ratings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, more of it might be that they didn't get the turnouts they were looking for, it seems, considering that in this event, uh, first place is 250,000, second place is 100K. And yeah. the only real reason for that is if they guaranteed 250 for first and they didn't get the field they expected.
0: Right, because I think ninth place paid something like $7500 or something or $10,000, something really unimpressive and unexciting. And usually you're going to see 10th place or ninth place, excuse me, pay about 10% of first place, so it should be about 25k normally. So right. That, that does point to what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So, I wonder what the buy-in was. I guess we didn't figure I'm that gonna out. I'm going to guess it
0: was between 2500
1: and 5k. Yeah, something like that. Probably twenty five. The idea was this whole international vibe. I and mean, and uh, they did have
0: some international players. So isn't everybody well done.
1: international? In but to somebody,
0: I mean, <laughs> to someone. But you know, if you're in a particular country, yeah, the natives are not international. Well, so you're, they're not allowed to play. Anyway, <laughs>
1: you guys should get real excited and you know take this all in because it's probably the only IFP hand we're ever going to do.
0: It might be. I mean, I don't know. I'm not making any promises.
1: It's not a promise. It's said probably.
0: Right. I didn't say, I wasn't talking about you. I said, I'm not making any promises.
1: You're not making any promises. See, promise. it's not about you. It Here's was the thing about, about me. Jonathan he never makes promises because he never follows through.
0: Well, if I never make promises, how would you know if I follow through?
1: That's a good point.
0: Aha. You're perfectly balanced. I caught you in G-T-O. your web of lies. GTO
1: life. Hey, by the way, this was suggested on Twitter by David S. If you have a suggestion, you know what to do. We are at two poker guys. Include a YouTube link for sure. Is that like David S or just David S? S, period. So oh, okay. it's probably David Sedaris. David S. David, David S-
0: Sedaris. You know, he's a. Uh, I was going to say a wonderful writer, but I don't know if I feel that way. You
1: don't. Know? <laughs> well, he's <laughs> definitely a big time breakdown fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, he's a big poker guy and loves loves the breakdown. Right. Of course.
1: <laughs> All right. So we're in 2011. We're at this international event. There's pageantry. There's there's bunting and such. And bunting. You know, like in pol- political rallies, there's bun- It's called bunting when you have like the little like. In America, the red, white, and blue stuff like uh, next to the stage, that's called bunting. I did not know that. Yeah, now you know. The more you know. Star going across the screen. NBC. (laughs) all right. So, anyway, it's 3K and 6K. Of course, this is a tournament, not not cash, unfortunately. That would be a big cash game and fun to watch. Yeah. Um, This is going to start with Raul Mestre, who I haven't seen anywhere but here. He's the chip leader. He's a chip leader. He's approximately 400,000. They don't have chip counts, and the chips are kind of hard to decipher. We did our best. Yeah, 400K is about what we got for Mestre. Yeah. And he is in the hijack with Queen Three of Spades, and he decides, I like raising. So he raises.
0: Yeah, you know, he's like, uh, I got all the chips. Everyone else go away. What are you going to do about it? Nothing.
1: Now, we don't know the dynamics, but Annette Oberstadt, who's the color commentator with Jesse May, uh, says, it or Jesse May says, it's possible that Mestre is picking on Korin's big blind, and Obersad seems to agree with that. Which so is a little weird. So maybe there's some dynamic between the players where yeah. where that's a thing. Maybe. Um, everybody folds to Vicky Corrin in the big blind, who has approximately 200k, so just over 30 blinds, mm-hmm. and she has nine six of clubs, and she flats. That seems pretty good to me. Got to do that. Don't so you? far, I think she's playing it better than he is. Yeah, I agree. Because you don't really need to open queen three of spades in this spot. Right. I guess he's doing the chip leader thing. You know. Yeah, But the issue is there's a guy in the small blind who has a shove stack. The guy finds a fold with king nine of spades, but I we don't know. really
0: know how much of a shove stack it is. That's the thing. We, yeah. can't, we didn't bother to count it because so we had to count everything by hand over here. So it, if it was like six or seven blinds, eh, it's questionable to shove it, right? But if yeah. it's like 14 blinds, it's a great shove stack for, with that hand. That's yeah. a perfectly easy hand to shove
1: there. right? All right. So uh, now after the preflop action in which Mestre has queen through of spades and korn has got nine six of clubs. The pot is thirty one thousand five hundred. The flop is ace of hearts, ten of diamonds, deuce of clubs. All right, I guess this is when you get to win with Queen Three, right?
0: I mean that's gonna happen a lot. And this is a great board to raise and then continue on.
1: That's that. So Corrin checks. Playing in flow. So far, so good. Mestre bets twelve K. It is a particularly small bet. That's fine. Twelve into thirty one, but on an ace high board it's kinda like I got an ace or I don't have an ace type of thing. Right. Like what are you gonna do, Vicky Corn? You're gonna fold a lot almost no matter what. Apparently not. Yeah, apparently so, not. This is where things start getting a little spicy, and this we, is where the the octaves of Jesse May's voice start going up a little bit. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, people. Yeah, we yeah. all know. She raises to 26k. Something odd about this raise. The size? It's very small. It's sort of the same
0: thing, though, right? It's sort of a challenge raise. Like you don't have anything either, right? Like if you don't have anything, how can you call?
1: But we want to fold out the gut shots, don't we? Yeah, we do. Because those are beating us.
0: Sure, but that's not the concern with the gut shots. And by the way, I mean, the
1: Broadway gut shots are beating us. But four, or five, we're, okay, four or five. fine, <laughs> fine. We want to folding four, or five. We want to fold out the Broadway gut shots. Yeah, and I don't know if we're going to with this size, but we
0: will on the turn
1: if we continue. If they, don't, I if they gonna, don't improve, yeah.
0: But we we might we might not with this size. This size is going to be hard to follow. Are you saying Broadway you prefer
1: shots. this size to a bigger size? No. Okay. No, I'm not. All right. Cool. Just wanted to make sure about that. Just defending Vicky. So, do you think it's a good idea, first of all, just to decide to raise it all here? I really don't like this at all. Is it because it's
0: an ace-high board? This An ace-10X board feels like exactly the wrong kind of board to do this with, unless Mestre's opening every pot, which I guess he might be. He might be. So, first of all, the fact that Vicky decided to do this, and second, the fact that he opened from the hijack with Queen 3 suited. Maybe he's just opening 75% of pots. Like, Dan Coleman does that once in a while sometimes. Right. And, um, like, I know the Florida whatever, the hard rock. Seminole hard rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he had all the chips when they were on, I think, two tables left, and he just opened something like 80% of pots. So then maybe it's different. You're like, well, I'm the guy. I mean, I could have easily flopped aces up, says Vicky, perhaps. I
1: know? feel like if we're going to take an aggressive action against this guy, three betting would be better pre-flop than doing this on this board. Maybe there are some boards we should do this on, but an ace high board, the reason that it's bad on an ace high board is not just because an ace is supposed to be in a razor's range. It's also because it's hard to rep Many things on an ace high board.
0: You kind of have to. I mean, you're basically repping a set or aces up. That's it. Right. I she's mean, that's saying, not nothing. Yeah. What's she's the board? saying ace ten.
1: What? It is ace ten. Um, like ace ten deuce. Deuce. So she's mostly saying I have ace deuce suited, ace ten, or pocket deuces. Pretty much. She can have ace deuce off if he's opening constantly. too. I guess she can have a set of tens, but if he's opening constantly, she'd probably three bet a set of tens or not a set, but you know what I mean, yeah, a pair yeah, of tens. Yeah. She probably
0: free. would. She probably would. But but she at least could. She so sometimes she can have tens. But set of deuces for sure, ace-deuce for sure, and she can have ace-10 as well.
1: I guess something cool about raising on boards like this is there aren't any reasonable semi-bluffs, really, except for maybe the gut shots. It's pretty dry. So it looks like value. Yeah. But there's so few value hands that if you add any air at all in there, then you're at best balanced. I mean,
0: well, let's think of it this way. What bluffs does she have besides complete air? four five i mean there's not much is she actually gonna bluff like a king queen queen jack can is supposed to like she might call with those it's so cheap to call it's two blinds to call maybe you just call try and
1: spike or he gives up or something and you've got the best hand yeah i i kind of feel like you shouldn't be check raising boards like this unless you check raise boards like this all the time and it's against the same players who are noticing that you're check raising boards like this all the time then you can start to expand your value range a little bit at least
0: yeah, maybe she also um, just hasn't check-raised, like, and when when she does it, they sort of can't believe it, because they said she hasn't done anything like this. So maybe she's just trying to take advantage of her image, That's which is possible. reasonable. Yeah. And should work against this guy as we see what his hand is. It's queen three suited. He's got nothing going on here. That's true. So it should be fine.
1: She's just repping a
0: very thin range here. But it should work. Yeah. It should definitely work. I mean, usually when someone check raises the flop, they're generally repping a very thin range, right? I guess sometimes, though, there's there's a lot more draws than can be here. I
1: right? think this is just a board you don't check raise, though. I mean, like... Me too. If you have a set of deuces or ace-10, maybe a set of deuces is an okay check raise. That's a hand. pretty good check raise. But w- when you have ace-10, it's like, well, it looks like two pair better for value, right? So am I really supposed to get called by worse hands? But if you're
0: saying that then why can't she check raise nine high because is she really supposed to get called by worse hands? I don't know if you can have it both ways. Can you really say well she can't really have anything so he's going to call with a lot? But if you check raised ace deuce it's not a good idea because he's not going to call with much. You know, it's got to be one or the other. What I'm it?
1: saying is it's not a check raising board at all.
0: I mean, I agree. Yeah. But I'm but I'm saying like if you're if your image is really tight, maybe you could decide just to check raise this board. Maybe you could. Like, yeah, I think not? I'd pick a different board. So. Me too. Um, I would pick a board with um cards under a 10. Yeah. 10 and and under, and mostly under a 10. And maybe a paired board is not so bad. Right. You know, there's like five, five, eight. That's not a bad check. Then
1: you have so many value combos. It's amazing. You have all the fives. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Hoping, quote, hoping he has an overpair, unquote. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, people don't check raise on boards like this because it is a weird thing to do. Yeah. And it creates weird situations. And the weird situation that arises from this is Roel Mestre thinks along the lines of, I don't believe you, Vicky Corrin. That's what he's thinking. I wonder why he doesn't believe her. I don't
0: really get it. I understand that she's repping very thin range, but it's not like she can't have ace deuce.
1: No, she can she can have those hands. I mean, of the hands we listed, there's a total of it's probably just ace deuce suited, right? Eh, I don't think it is. You think she has ace deuce off? He's opening every pot, I'm assuming.
0: She she has ace deuce off.
1: All right, then then she has I guess it's not that
0: few value combos. I mean, there's what nine combos of ace deuce, right? And three combos of deuces. And right? ace 10. Then, and then another nine combos of Ace-10.
1: Yeah. So 21
0: value combos. And, I mean, how? what is she check-raising with as bluffs? Air. Okay. So she can have 21 combos of air. I don't know how many combos. Yeah. Uh, it's, hard really, to, it's hard to do. The, but if she hasn't check-raised once at the entire final table, and now she does, I mean, it feels pretty strong.
1: It does feel that strong. That feels like that should work. It does feel like it should work against Queen High. I just feel like it's a bad board to choose. I agree. All right, so right. There's
0: got to be a better board.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Mestre doesn't like that she check raise this board, I guess, and has thoughts that, that say she's just got air all the time. Yeah. You might assume that she would just call with a lot of her good hands, too. I don't know what reason he has. There's but. no
0: obvious reason for Mestre not to fold here,
1: But he doesn't.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't three-bet either. That would
1: be the other move that at least I'd be like, well, he just, you know, he calls. He does something interesting, too, when he calls. And, again, this is a very small check-raise. He's kind of doing an acting job, and I don't really know mm. what to make of it exactly, but if I didn't know what the hands were, I would think it looks like the what he's trying to look like – it's like he has a hand like Ace King, or Ace Queen, and he knows that it's a strong-looking check raise. So he kind of is shaking his head like, mm, "I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, don't know if I can fold this hand, even though you're repping such a strong hand."
0: Right. He does this as he's calling. By the right. way, this reminds me a little bit—not that Jake does this, but when Cody flicks the chip in after Max Silver check raises him yeah. on that flop, just the flick part of it. It's sort of the same message of like, "I mean, I guess I just
1: can't fold this hand. This hand's right. like
0: a little too good to fold, even though I'm not, maybe not in great shape against your huge value." That feels
1: like the message is being sent. So do you read? Spots. Do you read any anything other? that into the way Mestre acts when he calls?
0: Um, the only other thing is, I don't want to give him too much credit, honestly, but my, if I was going to give him a lot of credit, it could be that he's trying to do this now, this sort of very obvious thing, so that when he raises later, because he clearly, by calling, has plans to yeah. steal this pot... Then she can look back and be like, oh, it was such obvious he was acting. You right. Know, like, you know.
1: That was my thought, too. Yeah. Like, I do see that a lot with, with amateurs that I play against where they'll do, like, the ho-hum. Oh, I guess I have to call. I don't know. And then they have essentially the nuts. You know, they're trying to make it look like it's a tough decision. They shrug. Yeah. Like, oh, so, what am I going to? Oh, I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, they like overdo it. Yeah. So if he's really playing the metagame that way, then I guess that's. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool and kind of reasonable. Yeah. Um, but he does call on his queen high, and that doesn't mean it's good to do that, even though he's ahead. <laughs> he should absolutely fold here.
0: Yeah. Like, Vicky made a weird play. We don't love it, but this, is, this has got to be worse to flat here, right? It just has to be. Well, I think— Unless he has a tell on Vicky.
1: something Maybe he has a tell on Vicky. There is something interesting about flatting here, though, is the thing that he can do is rep strong hands later more easily than if he three bets now.
0: I mean, if he 3-bets now, he's repping essentially ace-10 and plus,
1: right? Yes, he is. And if he just flats, he can rep all those ace-king, ace-queen hands if, if Vicky slows down at all. That's true. And That's it, right. Yeah. So there's, there's some value there. The only problem
0: is Vicky just made it 26. Like, Vicky only has like 170K left, and how big is the pot after the flop? Uh, it's going to be 83,500. So she's got two times the pot. So unless she gives up herself, it's, gonna be, it's hard to have a plan when she's so short. You know that's she's got less than thirty blinds now. Like I don't know if this is a great idea. She if she bets a normal amount on the turn, which is somewhere between what thirty-five and fifty-five thousand, she's like looks like she's committed. It does. She won't
1: be. We know that unless it's, she hits some crazy cards. but It's possible that this guy's a psycho. I think he's a psycho. He might be onto something a little bit here, but he's a psycho, it, it seems. Yeah, I think he's a psycho. I, I <laughs> like that people do stuff like this, though, because I think he's really trying something creative here, even though I don't think it's a good idea. But if, if it were me and I actually made this play, my reasons for it would be I don't want to just... I want to be able to win this hand because I don't really believe Vicky, but... I don't want to be put in a spot where I allow her to re-bluff me right now or kind of give away the goat that I have not very much value. And so I'm going to call so I can rep big aces later where I would never play big aces as a three-bet here. I mean, we really think
0: Vicky's going to check-raise and then four-bet bluff the flop. I don't so know. the first time she's check-raised the entire table. Yeah, I mean, probably not. sounds like not something we have to probably worry not. about. If she four-bets, she's got it. And yeah. by the way, for sure in her mind... If he three bets, she's just going to fold. She's never going to ship it, right?
1: All right. I don't love the check raise, especially the smallness of it. I really don't like the call. So
0: this has not been a flop that we're a fan of. No, the way these, that people flop have decisions, played.
1: Yeah, yeah, not great. We like his flop bet sizing. That's it. All right. So the pot is 83500 now we're heading to the turn. And both of them are like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. Here we go. Let's I find feel out. Like, I feel like Mestre feels more sure of how yeah. he's going to play it than Vicky does at this point. She was hoping to end the hand there.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if Vicky in her head is already giving up because he called there. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, time to shut it down. or if, um, Or if she's definitely going to fire another bullet. Like... That's that's unclear to me, but Mestre clearly is looking for opportunities to win this pot, which means he's probably planning on making a play if she checks, or maybe even if she bets.
1: Yeah, I mean, if she's not planning on firing all turns, I don't know why she wouldn't raise bigger. I mean, the one thing Mestre has
0: is that he is, you know, he can his top the top of his range is stronger than the top of her range, right? Like he can have a set of aces, and she, she I guess she can, but it's much harder for her to have it, right? Yeah,
1: but it's not that different. I mean, she can still sometimes have a set of tens. Um, yeah, and she obviously can have deuces, yeah. and those are all good enough to get it in there right. anyway,
0: so you just, it's not like we're 200 blinds deep, and have to think about this stuff. Yeah, I guess
1: he has more sets than
0: she has total, yeah, but... Yeah, she does, he does. He, in theory, has more ace-tens, more aces, and
1: more tens in his range, so yeah.
0: all, the, all the best stuff he has, but she can still have all that stuff, too, or some of that stuff. I don't know if she can have aces, exactly, but everything else.
1: I really don't like her sizing. It's gonna bother me, but, okay. you know, I'm over it. It's oh, over. Great. Let's move on. <laughs> Wow, so so ready to move on. Fine, we'll t- we'll talk about the turn then. I guess that's what the people want. Yeah, the
0: turn Just is. To remind everyone, Vicky has what nine six of clubs. Right? It's a
1: nine six of clubs. Yeah, and uh, he's got the old queen three of spades. Mestre, I'm talking about here. Yeah. the flop was ace ten deuce rainbow. There was one club on there for Vicky. No spades. Mm. Um, the turn is now the jack of clubs. There's eighty three thousand five hundred in the pot, and now Vicky has picked up the nine high flush draw. I mean. Thank goodness something good happened for Vicky Corrin right here,
0: right? Yeah. Like now that we have the nine high flush draw and we have a two to one stack to pot ratio, we have to ask ourselves, how do we want to play this? It's a bit of a tricky spot, actually. Yeah. Like if we check and he bets a normal amount, which we can assume he probably would, which is like 37,000 or something?
1: Somewhere between 35 and 45,000.
0: Okay. We absolutely can move in as Vicky. Yeah. And pray. Yeah. Which is what we'd be doing. Because he called the check raise, right? Yeah. So it's not a great
1: spot. I don't know if that's an ideal line. But it does look very strong. It does. To check raise twice and no limit. Wow. It looks like you have a set, I think, if you do that.
0: Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. At the same point though, if you have a set, you could have just gone bet bet and got it on the river anyway. So yeah. you don't like so you don't have but this is another way to do it. It's not the end of the world. Um so yeah, there's that. We could check raise. But the problem is if we bet, I don't know, betting just puts us in a tougher spot where like, he can call and then are we just going to ship Rivers no matter what? We're shipping all Rivers? We might.
1: And here's the (laughs) thing about betting that I don't like also. Mestre's perceived range does certainly include all of the Ace Broadway hands, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Ace King, Ace Queen, Ace Jack, especially with his little shoulder shrug thing. Oh, yeah. The Jack of Clubs hits all of those in a way. Yeah. He's not folding any of those to a reasonable-sized bet. No way. Because he's now picked up a gut shot with ace king and ace queen along with top pair, and ace jack is top two. Absolutely. So this is a problematic card in that way. I mean, it's nice that it's a club for Vicky, but I don't feel like we're getting much, many folds out of Mestre's marginal value now. Maybe if he has ace eight or ace nine, he finds the fold now, but I'm not sure. I mean, what is the jack supposed to do for Vicky?
0: It doesn't really change anything. Just she bets again. Is the only piece of information. Yeah. So he's just holding on with
1: Ace Eight. You think he would just fold Ace Eight on the flop? He should just fold Ace Eight on the flop. I don't know what he's supposed to do with Ace Eight on the
0: flop. This is a very weird hand. Yeah. I wouldn't expect to get check raised. When I did, I would, you know, if it was from a a tightish player, I would just throw away Ace Eight or Ace Nine pretty comfortably, and I would have been bluffed by Vicky here. Like that would have worked on me.
1: There are a lot of times when I would check back a eight or ace nine on this right. flop. So you I don't know. I don't know that. if this guy would, but I I would because yeah. because of the situation like this that could happen.
0: Absolutely. No. So, then you can call, and if they check again, you bet, and then they call or they fold yeah. or whatever, and they're they're much less likely to check raise the turn if once you check it back.
1: Yeah. Right. So okay, it's not an ideal card for Vicky though, it, uh, as far no. as as far as getting the bet through.
0: Right, but it does mean that we pick up equity, so that's pretty sweet.
1: Everything feels crappy. Like, check shoving feels super high variance, Yep, but it could work. Yeah, Certainly would against Mestre. Of course. He has queen high. He's, and we know he's going to bet if she checks to him, right? Right. He, he feels like he has to. Yeah, what else is he going to do having, yeah. having taken this line? Yeah. So that's probably the best actual line in this spot, right. but it feels like none of the lines feel good. Like, betting feels bad because it's hard to get him to fold most of his range here. I mean, we can bet small...
0: To try and get to the river cheaply, because if we check, we figure we're gonna, it's going to cost us more, but if we bet small, yeah. that's maybe that's a good idea at this point, because we kind of need to see the river, since we put ourselves in the spot and we just picked up a flush draw.
1: Right, that's true. By the way, I don't know if he's going to fold any of the Broadway gut shots to, to a bet now, either, because they all either are the nuts or have a pair... Like our the uh, second pair with a gut shot. So like King Jack. Yeah. Well
0: it depends on how much she bets. Yeah.
1: I mean he might fold to a, a sizable bet. If
0: she bets small, he might call. If she bets big, he might fall. So that is the problem with betting small, but one thing at a time. Like yeah. I think the point of betting small, if we were gonna do it, would be to try and just like not have to pay fifty thousand. We get to save three or four blinds and bet only you know, two blinds, whatever, pay thirty five thousand or something, thirty eight thousand right. instead. Like that's cool. And also makes our ship on the river um more scary when we miss. And if, if indeed we decide to do that, which we don't have to, yeah. we could decide to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: That's not a great spot. This is all, this is just a bad spot that she it's, put herself in. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. It's a terrible spot, but she decides to do your suggestion. She yeah. bets small, trying to get to the river and maybe bluff on the river, maybe get there on the river. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, honestly, a small bet can be a little scary. Now, not for him because he doesn't have anything. Right. But if he had ace nine, a thirty k bet, it's like, gosh, she's really trying to keep me around with my ace. Like, yeah, looks like I tr- I try to sell her on the fact that I had an ace with that whole face thing. Yeah, and he, if he really did, it really looks like she's like, please don't fold, please don't fold. I've got a set of deuces. Please right. stick around, you know.
1: But that's uh, not the case. Nobody no. has anything. No one has anything. I guess so, she has a flush draw. She bets thirty k into eighty three thousand five hundred.
0: Yeah, I you know I didn't like it when I first saw it, but now that we just talked it through, I sort of I understand why she'd bet thirty k here. So you think this play is good? I think this play is fine. Right. We wish we weren't here, though. Exactly. But as played, now that we're here, I think a 30K bet is completely reasonable. What do you think? I think it may be the best option. I
1: actually think it's the best option. Yeah. I I think betting bigger does accomplish a few more folds from all of the gut shots that now have a jack as a pair. We probably fold those out. If we bet, you know, 45 or 50K, we probably don't for this bet. But we can fold those out on the river sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, whatever card comes on the turn—sorry,
0: on the river, if we miss— not whatever, but most of the cards that come on the river, if we go all in, it's going to be really hard to, for him to call. Like he's, it's going to fold out all those like, king-jack hands now and queen-jack Well,
1: hands, those right? hands, yeah, but we don't know for sure when we bet 30K and he calls that that's the type of hand he has. For sure. But he, he could he, also a- have a strong
0: hand. He could, but he's less likely to, right? He's yeah. going to raise more often with a strong hand, right? I would think. Especially yeah. now that like oh, the Jack of Clubs is sort of a weird card in that like a king or a queen on the river makes it a little... like There's some bad cards for everybody.
1: Yeah, there definitely are. And this is just a weird spot for everybody. Yeah. And Mestre shouldn't be here, by the way. Corns put herself in a bad spot, but Mestre should not be in this spot that he's in right now. He's like, oh, now she. I mean, he had he had to expect this, obviously. She, he had to expect that she'd continue betting. She check raised the flop. Absolutely. So his plan was to raise, and that's what he does. Yeah, I he mean... raises to 80k. It's not a big raise. No. 50K over 30K, but the pot was already 83. And it's threatening her stack by doing yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Because she has, what, one... How much does he have she have left after she, bet, she bets the 30? I mean...
1: If she started with 200, that would mean that she has, let's see, like so 56. 35
0: or something? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, that's a... So she... After she bets the 30, yeah. So he's threatening, like, 40% of her remaining stack and also threatening the rest of it, really, right?
1: He's... That's certainly saying, let's get it in. Okay, right, let's go. First question about this raise. Go. Is it a good raise? Is it a good representation of anything?
0: <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what he's supposed to really have except Ace Jack.
1: He could have Ace Jack. He could have a slow played set. He's deciding to raise now. Yeah. He could have King Queen. He could have King Queen. He could have all 16 combos of King Queen. Yeah, because she raised so, so, so small. Yeah. He could. Sure. So that seems like what he's mostly repping is King Queen. King Queen, Ace Jack. Those are, the, yeah, those, that's a total of 25 combos. After the whole like acting job, it feels
0: more like Ace Jack if the acting job is yeah, real. Right. If the acting job is fake, then it feels like King Queen.
1: Right. Right. Well, if the after, acting job, it depends on what fake the acting job is. If it's fake in the way that he already had a super strong hand, then it's a set. Right. But if we're, sure, but if we're saying in terms
0: of what the Jack, you know, the Jack, what the Jack does here, like in terms of the turn.
1: Right, Right. but he could. I'm saying he could raise hands that the jack doesn't do anything for that are strong, like a set of 10s. Yeah, that's true, or aces, for that matter. So there's a reasonable amount of value hands he could have here. Yeah, sure. What bluffs can he have? It's hard to
0: imagine bluffs. I can't think of any bluffs except for 4-5 of clubs or something like that. 4-5 with a backdoor. Yeah. That's it. So maybe that's part of it. It's like, well, I don't have any bluffs, so good luck, Vicky. You know, like, what are you going to do with your... Ace-Deuce now. Like, Ace-Deuce is actually not in a great spot, actually. Yeah. Ace-Deuce may have to fold.
1: Maybe that's part of it. But that's the only part of her true value range on the flop that might have to fold. I don't think she can fold Ace-10. I know it doesn't feel that different, but it's just it's, a, it's just a notch up, and it feels like you can't really fold. You're sort of like, yeah, if he got there, he got there. If he somehow yeah. really has Ace-Jack, like, I just have to lose now. Here's the next question about his range here. Okay. That Can we include in his value range Ace-King and Ace-Queen of Clubs? Because now they are the nut flush draw with top pair and a gut shot.
0: Let's talk about the pros and cons of raising those hands right okay. now. Okay. So the pros are, the obvious pros are that if we were to get it in now and a club came or a Broadway card came that made us Broadway, yeah. right, then it would be hard to get paid later, but we get paid now. Yes. That's the good part. Right. The con is almost always when we actually get it in, with this hand right now, we're screwed. Like we're behind by, we're losing to most of her range. That's actually getting it in with us.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, but at least we have a pretty good release valve against her entire range. We do, but we only have one card to come. Yeah, I mean, we have twenty-five percent against sets. Um, on the river. Yeah, twenty-four percent. Okay, sorry, something like that. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, twenty-four so, percent. And if she
1: has two pairs, we have more than that.
0: Right. Yeah, if, so, she has two pair, if she has like ace deuce or ace 10, right. we've got jacks also and our own kicker. That's pretty good. But all of these things are less than 50%, right? And right. some of them are significantly less than 50%.
1: And we're probably folding out all worse hands. What is the value,
0: though, when we have showdown value? We're in position. We have great implied odds. No, I don't know if we have great implied odds. We Actually, we don't. We do not. Maybe the club. The clubs, yeah. we have great implied odds if it's a baby club. But right. the Broadway, we don't, right? No. Broadway, she's going to check yeah. almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. Or bluff as a, but we wouldn't think she's bluffing with absolutely nothing here. I'm not sure that there's, like, we have a good showdownable hand. Why are we turning it into something else here? I'm not sure why we're raising. I'm not sure what the real value of it is, except when the Broadway card comes, we get paid still. Yeah. You're what right. else do we get
1: out of it? Well, no, you've convinced me. I think those hands should be a call. Cool. It's temp- so tempting to raise with hands like that it's though. Still
0: just a one pair hand. We just have all these extra cool things that can happen. And if we were out of position, you could make a better case for it. I or think. if there was, like, a pot size bet to shove. You could just move in now. I mean, there kind of is, isn't there? There's more than that. I guess. Yeah, she's got twice the pot. Yeah. Although you add her thirty, and your thirty, it's getting close, but yeah. it's
1: not there. Well, maybe not. Not a pot. If there's like half half a pot size left. Oh, you're just, just like, like we're well, just like well, whatever. We're, we're putting it in. Right. Yeah. Right. We don't like. We could
0: have the best hand. We could
1: not have the best hand.
0: But we're often, as you said, going to fold out on pretty much all the worst hands by moving in. Pretty much. Right. So I mean, I guess she could have Ace Queen and we could have Ace King and it's great, but. Whatever, we're probably gonna get it all either way then,
1: right? All right. Well that was just two hands, but we can remove those from his value range. But he has plenty of value other than that if he we does. give him all the King Queens and all the Ace Jacks. And if we can't think of any bluffs it's hard to think of bluffs. He they, has to have floated the check raise on the ace high flop. With So that's pretty neat. So yeah, if he's if he's actually thinking of all this, I don't know
0: that he is. But if he's really thinking about all of this, that's pretty awesome of, like, there's no bluffs. I can't really have any bluffs yeah. here. So she just has to fold. It, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what she has unless she has a set. She kind of just has to throw it away. Maybe ace-10, whatever. Maybe like, she goes
1: with ace-10. Yeah.
0: Maybe. That's unlucky for me. She might throw away ace-10. She's probably going to throw away ace-deuce. The problem is what, what other—she's She not supposed to really have any bluffs
1: either. <laughs> it's weird. Spots like this are why Game Theory Optimal became a popular and successful form of poker. Because you remove all of that stuff from the equation and you think about... You don't remove it all, but you know what I mean, right? Not yet. Keep talking. Okay. Basically, like the, maybe this isn't the perfect example, but thinking about how we just did the hand with uh, Phil Ivy where he had seven high mm-hmm. on the... What was the flop? It was ace-ace three. Three, yeah. And he floated over the top of Patrick Antonius' float. Yeah. And then Antonius bet the turn with queen high, and Ivy floated again with seven high. Yeah. And then Antonius checks the river, and Ivy bets the river. You can't think of possible bluffs that Ivy could have there. Right. The way the hand played out. Right. So... Even with some marginal value, if you think about it in a very stark fashion, you have to fold. Right. But game theory dictates that you call with some of your marginal value just because it's in the distribution that way. Right. right? It,
0: yeah, you call with a percentage of your distribution no it, matter what. It takes
1: basically. away these spots where, like, how can Mestri have a bluff here? And we see he does have a bluff, right? And we can't—if we're there and the cards are down, we couldn't imagine him having a bluff. Correct. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, right. that. that's how game theory optimal works and why it's popularized, right? Okay, sure. I mean, I don't know if
0: that's why it's popularized, but that's certainly one of the ways it works. Yeah, you don't—you're not really concerned about what your opponent has or what they're doing. You're just concerned about where you are in your distribution, how you're playing it. That's yeah. it. And that is both wonderful and terrible. Right. You know? I mean, it's less fun. It's a lot less fun. It's a lot less interesting, and you miss some great opportunities. But you also can't be exploited. Right. And like someone doing this to you is not going to work over the long haul if you're playing GTO.
1: It's to yeah. It's to. But it's wh- basically invented to kill Phil Ivey, right? right? Like, to stop Phil Ivey from doing that to you.
0: I mean, sure. I mean, when you check raise the flop and bet the turn at this amount, you're going to have the right—you're going to be balanced correctly. So that way, when he raises you with whatever he's raising you with, you're going to go with the enough of your hands that he can't do that as a bluff and get yeah. away with it. Right. That's the plan, right? Yeah. So that's awesome. Right. But— you know, it's also highly sophisticated. You have to. It's actually. I mean, it's not like it's boring because you have to figure all. Of yeah, that as mean, you're going, but certainly, but you're not taking advantage of players' tendencies. Well, you are a little bit. You actually change things on the margins of GTO as you're sort of as you're. Oh, absolutely. Rearranging what people's ranges are and stuff, but you're not able to take full advantage of everything you're seeing. Like Bill Chen, who has won, I think, at least two bracelets, maybe three. He wrote the mathematics of poker. He's a good guy. Uh, very, very smart. Right, and he's just a GTO player. Right, and so he really doesn't care what other people have. Yeah, and like doesn't pay attention. Doesn't he's just playing his hands based on the board and trying to play and GTO. It, it
1: works. Yeah, that works too. I mean, if you're Bill Chen, it works. You have to really be able to apply it in the moment. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. any,
0: any strategy has to be done well; otherwise, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. But but yeah, he's excellent at playing GTO, and yeah. it
1: shows. Yeah, I just wanted to point that. I think it's interesting. I think I was thinking about that before this podcast, because I was thinking about that Ivy hand, because that's just an incredible hand. It's just awesome. And it's like, how do you combat that? And I guess the answer is you combat it with this simple theoretical, it's not simple, but you know, like very staunch theoretical basis that makes it so you can't be exploited by guys like Phil Ivy who are like, guess what? It's a paired board and I win because I'm Phil Ivy, and I can't have bluffs now. I mean,
0: this is a little bit what, at least the way people interpreted some of Doug Polk's comments about the James opes hands right? right which is sort of like yeah 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 you can't fold a hand this strong it doesn't matter it's right like too high up in your distribution yeah no grade. and no. I, I actually don't think Doug was exactly saying that having watched one no, of those he, videos he really he wasn't but was, but he was talking but he wasn't saying exactly not that either he was yeah. but he wasn't as strong as that about it but there is something to that. So, like, we're, while we're sitting here, we're like, well, Ruin always has it. And yeah. obviously agreed with us, right? But we also would have thought, and we even said at the time, Kui Win always has it there. Yeah. And it turns
1: out Kui... He, ha- he thought he had he it. He
0: thought he had it on the turn, but he didn't have it on... Sorry, on the river. He didn't have it on the turn when he made that play. Right. And then he thought he had it on the river and was wrong. Yeah. But, like, that's how you protect yourself from all of that sort of just weird, button-clicky, right. I-can't-be-bluffing spots. Guess what? Sometimes they're bluffing even when they can't be. Yeah. Right? And so it's like hard to know. And this is why sometimes you're just you're supposed to say, I'm just too hype on my distribution to yeah.
1: and Even though it doesn't matter, even though like like I was saying earlier, there's no real difference against uh against Mestre's range with ace 10 or ace deuce if you're Vicky Corin. Right. But maybe you choose to go with ace 10 and not ace deuce just because of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the idea
0: anyway. So it's weird because you have to—there certainly are players where you can sit there and you can think, they're not bluffing. And this truly,
1: guy doesn't have this play in him. And I truly believe that was the case in that Ruan ten, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I mean— the Ruan-Obsan was also like, Ruan, and Ruan called like a three bet on the flop. But, I mean, Ivy might do that sometimes. Yeah. With some weir- like, it's possible is right. the point. It's like, possible. And you can have anything until they turn their cards over, right? Yeah. So someone could do some really bizarre thing for, or misread their hand or misread the board or whatever it is and end up in a spot where they're like, I have to shove the river now because what else am I going to do? And they don't have it. But, oh, but the point is this. Maybe the greater point is this. While GTO can protect you from that, if there's enough players... Who are, do that, but do it so rarely, then you're actually expo- you can exploit them better by not playing G. Right.
1: So. You have to. That's that's the tough line to walk.
0: Right. It means that maybe you're always folding in James Opes' spot there with sevens full. You know, bottom full yeah. house against Ruan. But it also means that every time Ruan has you beat, like he does, and almost he almost always does. Maybe right. not a hundred percent of the time, but almost always. It means like you overall make money on it, which is the point. Right. right. We don't have to get every decision right. Yeah. The thing is, it means we don't. If someone starts to take advantage of us this way, we have to figure that out and adjust to it. Yep. That's, the, that's the trick, that's which is hard to do. The
1: beauty of poker. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I would say, back to this hand, the poker being played isn't exactly beautiful, but it is certainly interesting. Yeah, so Mestre raises. Did we he, even talk about how the hand ended? I don't think we no, did. No, we haven't. And as we said, I think he does have a fair amount of value here. So even though he's kind he of does. doing this suicide play, he has a fair amount of value. So he's doing a reasonable representation. Yeah, I agree. The problem is he has no information about Vicky's hand, and she could very well be really strong. Vicky's in an interesting spot now, too. Right, because she did turn the flush draw. She's getting almost 4-1, to but she's
0: out of position. Some of the cards that bring her flush will pair the board, and he can absolutely have a set or two pair. Yeah. He could have a higher flush draw sometimes, too, although it's unlikely. We we don't
1: like the idea of raising with ace-king or ace-queen of clubs. That doesn't mean he wouldn't do it.
0: Yep. He could have king-queen of clubs, make the nuts, and have the redraw, and we're just drawing completely. He could have
1: ace-ten of clubs and been doing the whole hum thing on the flop with top two and now have top, like, two-pair with the nut flush draw.
0: I think—and also, it's a huge percentage of her stack. She's got, what do we say, 135 left, right? Yeah. So, 50K more. She's going to have 85K. Wow. So, she goes from having, like, 20-some-odd blinds, 23, 24 blinds, to having, like— Fourteen blinds. It's she, a huge
1: tur- difference in the tournament. If it's a cash game, she kinda has to call.
0: I mean a tournament yeah, it's it's different for sure. Yeah. And also let's not forget, right now we're we're mucking around with like twelve thousand five hundred dollar cash prizes. Yeah. But second place is a first place is two fifty. That's where the real money is. Yeah. It doesn't mean to say you it's actually a reason to sort of muck it up right now. Right, right? because it's, it's really just about first place. Right. First or maybe yeah. second. But um, but the other side of it is you're Vicky Corrin. You may think you're the best player here. She and, certainly thinks that. Yeah, and she might be right. Yeah. And so do you really want to like knock yourself down this much when you still have a, enough blinds to really make things happen? It's yeah. close. I think it's a reasonable fold, I have to say. She ends up folding. I think it's reasonable. I, I didn't like it when I first saw it. But as we're talking about it, it's weird. I thought I was going to kill Vicky a lot more than I, than I do. I actually don't hate her turn play at all. Like I like her turn sizing,
1: and I think she does have to fold. Now. I think folding is fine. I think it's actually marginal still, but I think it's, it's close. It's sure. fine. I really don't like her flop play. Of course. That's terrific. Really
0: no, that that make, that's, that seems terrible unless there's a much greater context, I, which maybe
1: there is. I mean, I don't think Mestre's play overall is good either. No. The, thi- the thing that he did well is represent a good hand. He did a very good job of it, and it's really reasonable for him to have a good hand when he makes this aggressive action on the turn. The issue is... Vicky Korn is representing a very good hand herself, and it's hard to think of bluffs. So it might not be the right spot for it. I mean, no one
0: really has any bluffs here, and yet they both have bluffs. It's weird. Yeah,
1: it's just weird. It's very weird. That's that's why the game theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why the game theory.
1: All right, I think we're done. She folds. Uh, they end up getting first and second in the tournament.
0: though. Yeah, Mestre wins for 250k in the gold medal. Vicky gets to you know melt down that silver medal though, make a little extra cheddar <laughs> with that 100k that they give her. Little cheddar, yeah, a little cheddar. Buy a lot of cheese with that. I mean, or other things. It's fungible. That's, it's mostly nice. cheese, though. <laughs> with the cheddar. Yeah. And we're done. Okay. Sunlight! <laughs>